0: Well welcome to the uh heat locker fellas officially. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the official start of the heat locker. Anything said prior to this period, we've had to delete just due to Jason being um unable to take him anywhere. Welcome fellas. Thanks for What's having up, Luke. Um yeah, so anyway, so this this COVID stuff's bullshit. I've had enough of it. I um it's killed my business completely. Like I've gone to zero, you know, absolutely zero zero income which kind of sucks yeah, i mean you guys make your money off well, you, you definitely make your money out of jiu-jitsu J, and then you make a percentage of your money out of that as well nick like um how's that affecting you guys you just because like over here the government's trying to do like they're trying to do shit where they give give people money but it's not really like i haven't seen a cent yet like it's been a month and it's just kind of real slow going are you getting anything that you're in um well here
1: they're giving um, they're giving everyone like $1,200, not like $1,200. dollars you are giving everyone $1,200. So that's I, like a uh,
0: million Australian dollars.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just filed my taxes actually like on April 14th. They're due April 15th.
0: Nice. Um, we'll play. Then. So I'm,
1: uh,
0: I think once
1: that is filed, then I'll get that money.
0: But, uh, will they just give that to you in your tax? or they'll actually, give yeah, it no, you? they just
1: like deposit it to your bank account. Um, Okay. I mean, luckily, uh, I'm doing a good amount of online lessons, so, you know, I never kind of really, I know, obviously, you and I have done that, but I never really pursued that that much, but um, surprisingly, there's been a good amount of interest in it, so that's uh, been pretty good the the past few weeks. Not surprisingly,
0: I mean, you're the man, that doesn't surprise me whatsoever, it's just a matter of people learning about that, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I guess so.
0: Yeah. Um, what about you, Nick? Because you went back to your, uh, for those that don't know, Nick Ronan, his nickname is the accountant because he looks like a mild-mannered accountant. He, 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 for a long period of time, drove a minivan, um, enjoys wearing khaki pants, amongst other things, but he's actually an accountant by trade. Is that right, Nick? It is a, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So I, I started an accounting job in December, Yeah. Um, and then I was just doing jujitsu at night. But... Since this has happened, I've still just been taking my uh my checks from accounting, and then haven't really done much with jujitsu since, besides working on my dummy.
0: <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen. we've we've been seeing you work on that dummy. What's been the response from that? The Maximus is that his name?
2: Maximus, yeah, the Maximus dummy. The guy is like completely overwhelmed in New Zealand, though. Like he can't even make any more dummies. Like the really? demand. Watch, yeah.
1: The yeah, so <laughs> guy's from New
0: Zealand,
2: really.
1: Yeah.
0: Is it Sam cool. Neil? Is, <laughs> is it Sam neill that started his own? Uh... Yeah,
1: I think that part's going to be cut from the podcast. Yeah,
0: I think, the Sam Neill part. I actually, sorry guys, we've made reference to something that we can't talk about once again. But uh, look, that would have been funny if um if Jason was wasn't such an animal. But uh, um, <laughs> so Sam Neil's got a company in New Zealand making grappling dummies. Is that right?
2: yep exactly yeah. cool
0: so is it did he give you that dummy or it's obviously not Sam Neil, but did that guy actually give you that dummy as a uh, as a promo thing? Is that how that came about, or did you buy that thing?
2: No yeah, so I reached out to him. I said if I make a couple of uh videos online you know, in exchange to ship me out one, and that was the deal
0: Man, um, I think he yeah. his money's worth
2: definitely yeah
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think he's pretty he happy yeah especially now in all seriousness i mean you're obviously promoting the product i've always thought of grappling dummies as just being something that i couldn't get any use out of is it something that you i mean obviously right now there's nothing else what's your what's your you know what's your thoughts on it
2: i do like it because it has bendable legs that i can use to like drill my leg lock sequences which is helpful as well as like bendable heels to expose the heel so i use that a lot to uh to work leg locks and then you can do passing, basic passing stuff. But the Lego art game is definitely definitely key when it comes to the dummy.
0: Does it react? Does it react? You know how like you, you, know, you pull on a knee and, and the heel will expose? Can you get those sort of reactions from it?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I spent like an hour at that
2: time. It's pretty good.
0: Okay. Cool. Is that someone yeah. practicing the guitar in the background, Nick, in your, in your house? No? What's so, up? I thought I could hear someone like practicing the guitar or something. Is that coming out of your NJ J R? Ah,
1: I was practicing the guitar. I mean, uh-huh. there's like a fish tank, kind of like making a sound. I don't oh, know. It, maybe is it like a
0: no. I am be hearing things. No, I can hear Nick yelling now. Nick, yeah, now. our
1: friend has has one of a uh, has one of the same dummies, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I've like I've like used it before. I mean, obviously not the extent Nick has, but and it's pretty good uh like you can you can practice a lot of stuff on it it has you know all the joints bend like like a normal person
0: anatomically and,
1: uh, yeah anatomically it's anatomically pretty accurate so mm. i think it's definitely valuable i always for thought sure, that's what especially now well yeah you have your Brandon's Brandon's and
0: Harry's and mm-hmm.
1: what's your what's your guys name
0: i've got a harry too I got a Harry, I've got a Curtis, I got a few. They're all just the sent me the video of
1: you rolling with Curtis yesterday.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah, well that yeah. was old footage. Obviously no one's rolling with anybody at the moment. But yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Me beating matches. Me beating up white belts and blue belts is a is a common thing. Yeah. It's something that I it's the main reason I train jiu-jitsu is so that I can um you know overcome much less powerful and experienced opponents. That's really yeah. why Helio started jiu-jitsu, I suppose. You know, to, to learn something to then overwhelm smaller and um more defenseless people. I think that's I think that's yeah. how it goes. Something I like I haven't done a great And system to challenge
1: anymore. people in their own gyms, you know, to challenge matches, challenge just regular people on the beach. Yes. And uh, you know, very respectful and
0: Hey, do and, you guys uh, um do you guys listen? I was just listening before to a podcast, Flow Grappling. Um, generally, I don't listen to Flo, all the flow stuff unless one of one of your guys are on there. But um, they've got one they did with Gary and Gordon. That Who's Number One podcast they're doing at the moment. Yeah, do you guys get a chance to listen to that? Ah, uh, it's kind of interesting. Did you listen to Nick. What's up? Did you get a chance to listen to that? Yeah,
2: yeah, I saw a little bit of it. It was good.
0: Yeah, it's always good to listen to Gary. He talks very well and you know explains yeah, things.
2: Yeah. I saw Gordon's opening up his own podcast, apparently. Well, that should be interesting.
0: <laughs> yes. I mean, that guy is a lightning rod, isn't he? He just draws heat from I, – I think he's fantastic, personally. I think he's great. Um, Jesus ends. Christ, he draws <laughs> some attention. Like, nobody nobody in jiu-jitsu has the same amount of attention that he does. No, not
1: even close. Yeah.
0: I'll be it's, very uh, interested to see how that goes. He
1: had GSP on, didn't he?
0: Yeah, but it ha- hasn't do. gone out yet, has it? I don't think it's gone out yet. I don't think so. I don't know if you know what it's called because I want to subscribe to it's it. Called so the I don't. King
1: Ryan Show, I think.
0: Is that what it's called? <laughs> it is called the King Ryan Show. <laughs> He's fantastic, isn't he? <laughs> he was he was talking about on this on the podcast he did with um with Gary there, uh, you know, about him being at the at the world's. Was it twenty nineteen or twenty eighteen where he's walking around with a, a cape and a and a crown on? <laughs> it's fantastic. I mean I can't see I can't see either of you two. And that's a nice little segue into, you know, the promotional side of professional grappling. You guys are both professional grapplers. Um, also, congratulations, Nick Ronan, on being a black belt now. Um I Man, that's so awesome. Um, we weren't actually going to be able to do this podcast until we were all black belts, so it's nice that you finally came into the um, – I've been saying we should get Nick, and Jason keeps saying, look, he's not a black belt. don't, I don't really want to ask him. He's um, so only been rolling he, at that
1: level for like four years. You know. Man, no I, big turned
0: deal. Up, <laughs> I turned up to Henzo's 2017 and got fucking smoked by a young Nick Ronan, who was a purple belt, and I questioned my existence and questioned why I had a black belt on. And uh, it's nice that you finally got that. So I feel better about myself because that's what it's He about. tried to
1: cut his wrists on the flight home in the bathroom, actually. Like, it, yeah. was, it was in yeah, the I news. Tried. It was a big incident. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, we all we'll carry knives because we're Australians. We actually all have knives on us. So I tried using that. Big Bowie but, um, knives, right? Bowie that's knives. Not, that's not a knife. This is a knife. That was Paul Hogan. That's the only thing you guys ever knew about Australians for a long time was the, the uh, Crocodile <laughs> Dundee, wasn't it? <laughs> I think it was. I think most Americans they're like and that. That's Steve Irwin, of course, too. But Steve Irwin, the poor rest bastard. Rest in peace. He, um, yeah, he got he got. I'm actually scared of stingrays. After that, I didn't because before that I wasn't really scared of them. They kind of grossed me out because they're this big, like weird thing. But they didn't really scare me. Now they actually scare me.
1: I think when you like try to hold one and take a picture of it, like mm-hmm. like he might have been doing, that's when it becomes a little dangerous. <laughs>
0: But did you realize they have a, a literally like a fucking spear attached Yeah, they to the have like a
1: uh,
0: – yeah. they got this huge I mean, apparently, spear. Apparently, like, like it,
1: it, it, it impaled his heart, right? That's what happened. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. He did, he it hit him try. right in the heart. Yeah, that's crazy. And he, and he pulled it out, I think. That's why he died. Even if he would left it in there, like apparently he might have – you know, he may have survived it. Who knows? But he pulled it out. Like you know, let's say you get shot by an arrow like in the old old time days. Um, you know, the idea is not pull it out because then you've got a big – gaping hole in your chest yeah, yeah um, stealing the wound mm, so he ended up getting hit so he was told um he was told by like the the paramedics that were on that boat with him you know you've always got to have medical guys on all these these shoots and they said to him just put a put a vest on uh like a like a stab proof vest effectively and he's like no nah, don't want to put it on people will see it and they're They'll like, just put it on under your shirt you'll be right he didn't want to do it and then next thing he got shanked by the stingray
1: It's crazy
0: yeah anyway um you know, you guys are um professional grapplers. Sorry to get sidetracked on Steve Irwin uh, there. Um, you know, you guys are both effectively wanting to or making your living off jujitsu. Um but you two are probably more, more on the mild mannered kind of side of things, barely have barely have Instagram. The only stuff we see is Nick Ronan with the grappling dummy. Uh, we <laughs> may we may see like a technique video out of you, Jay Rao, but you're on private and there's a very strict selection process to get um, a start on your Instagram um,
1: application process
0: application. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, in the
1: last, in the last podcast, I think my mom listened it. to it. Yeah. And I said, I was like, yeah, you have to fill out an application to follow me. And my mm. mom thought I was being serious. Fantastic. She's like, do, do they really have to fill out an application?
0: <laughs> She's like, Jason, can I get one of these forms? <laughs> um, Do you guys ever consider just going balls deep like like Gordon's gone, for instance, and just go – because clearly that's something that – like you guys are all at that level. I mean Gordon's the best in the world, but you guys are at that level. You guys – it's not your – what's going to get you paid more is not how good you are. What's going to get you paid more is how many people are interested in you. I mean you guys appreciate that. Do you ever consider, fuck it, I'm just going to be a – I'm going to have a gimmick and I'm going to go at it, you know.
1: Uh, I mean, there's definitely certain things that I want to be like that with, you know, um, in terms of, you know, the way Gordon goes about it. I mean, I just don't think it's my personality to do that. Yeah. Also, I, I feel like when you, when you do that, you open yourself up to a lot of scrutiny. And I guess if you're, you know, maybe I just, you know, can't take it, but you know, I I don't, I don't want, I don't want to be. You know, I look at Gordon, like arguing with people on social Instagram, you know, obviously like he is, you know, he's more fans than haters, of course, but you know, he's, he's constantly, you know, coming back at the haters, like whether or not I just, I'm, I mean, obviously he's way more famous than I am. I'm not going to have that, that, the, like, you know, the same degree of it, but um, I don't know. It just seems like exhausting to like, just go constantly at everybody and like, you know, it was like no matter what obscure comment someone makes on some post, it's like he's always.
0: Oh, how does like, he do it? I don't know how he does on it. On
1: them right away. It's like a full time yeah. job, you know. Um,
0: he must carry a charger around to keep his phone going, just so he can reply yeah, to or something, comments. Like, um, yeah. Nick, you know him better than us. Is that is that something that he's constantly doing? I mean. He's, I never saw him sleeping between training sessions, but outside of that, is he spending a lot of time on his phone replying, replying to people?
2: Replying to the haters, absolutely.
0: That, so if he's, he's not trying to jujitsu, that's what he's doing.
2: Fuck. Just replying so, to everyone.
0: And, and it's the same sort of thing for you, Nick. Like, it's just not in your nature to... I mean, you guys are quite mild-mannered guys, yeah. is that?
2: I'm pretty mild-mannered. I always thought maybe I would I would do it once I, like, won something really big and there was a lot of momentum behind me, maybe I could start smack and talk a little bit yeah maybe maybe I'd i know like gordon it. trying to prime me to maybe you know, start doing that, or, but we'll see
0: maybe Just if turn, i uh, turn here
2: <laughs> i'll start talking
0: when I mean, you win when you win polaris
2: there you
1: go <laughs> i mean yeah. no one we train with i mean does that at all except for him even <laughs> you know i mean gary i mean gary doesn't really talk shit I mean, Gary's very
0: opinionated. That's all, and people get you know, yeah, people disagree but I think he's opinion, Yeah, I
1: think, but I think if, even if you look at him, like he'll respond to people in not that Gordon doesn't, you know, argue with people. But Gary is like, if someone differs in opinion, he's like, all right, I respect that. You know, mm. he's kind of, you know, but he's and he'll he'll call people out, but he he's pretty respectful. Like Gordon will be like, you know. Go get hit by a fucking 18-wheeler or something.
0: <laughs> <It's fantastic. laughs> he puts some real thought into his comebacks. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I think he's probably the best follow on, on Instagram, to tell you the truth. I think oh, he's… Um, yeah, very. He's… or aw- And when he goes on those… When he goes on, like, someone fucks him over at the grocery store or something, and then he goes on, like, a, a 25-page story rant on why he hates people, and <laughs> it's fantastic. Royal
1: Guards <laughs> attack Macy's or whatever…
0: I mean yeah his latest one was he was arguing with Toyota over something It was just hilarious. I don't know if you keep up to date with all these things, but it's fantastic.
2: I think Toyota had to make their like account private because they were getting so many messages like mm-hmm. hateful messages
1: <laughs> i mean oh, but when he you know i mean he's got a lot of followers if if he and people are loyal to him if if he mm-hmm. gets you know has an issue with some company like it's going to be like a social media blowback for them. They, they have to respond or do mm-hmm. something, you know, it's like not worth it. Whoever, whoever runs Macy's social media account, when that happened was like, something's uh-huh. going on here. Yeah, <laughs> Who is it? this Gordon Ryan person?
0: Yeah, they did right. some
1: research and they're like, fuck, we got to give him a $500 gift card to make this right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't want to make this, this about Gordon. That wasn't the um topic of this, this nah. podcast, but, but, um, I mean you guys, you in particular, you, you competed against him, um Jay, I wanna you may have been a brown a brown or black and he was a purple belt at the time. It was I it, it was a, uh I think like it was November
1: two thousand fourteen. Yeah. So I was a brown belt. I was like probably like uh, I got my black belt uh February two thousand sixteen. So it was like a year year a few months before I got a black belt.
0: Yeah, so so did you I mean, um did you see the potential in the guy from an early age or could you not have picked that he was going to project to where he's ended up going
1: um i remember before that match he had uh actually faced james gonzalez who's someone that trains with us um it was always good and and he had beat james
0: sounds like a nice mexican gentleman (laughs)
1: yeah
0: (laughs) remember anything south of texas he's mexican james
1: is the guy did you see that uh that like crazy uh, submission, Matt Matt posted, and it was an MMA fight. James like broke oh, yes. the guy's arm. Yes, yeah, that, that's that was him. like an arm uh,
0: he pulled the elbow out. Yeah, 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 was yeah.
1: like an overhook arm bar. Uh-huh. Uh, so he had faced James, and and he had beat James. So like I, in that sense, I knew who he was. But you know, this is this is before kind of that whole, um, you know like Danner death desk squad at revolution will say, you know, I knew who Eddie was, but he had never won anything at, uh, up until that point. Um, he actually had competed that night too. He did like a absolute division. Eddie I mean, did. this, the, yeah, this, this okay. event was called PGL. It was like one of the first events where you had like one match going on at a time. It was in like a ring. I mean, there was no money in it. It was at some like, you know, in some like dinky gym in New Jersey that had a, had a ring, and uh, Eddie competed that night and he, you know, leg locked all these big guys. But at the time I didn't know anything about leg locks. I, I still didn't really think they were that effective.
0: Oh really? And this the, was before you had This was before up. I knew
1: anything about leg locks. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah. Um this is before that they were even that it was like just starting. So I kind of knew who the guy Gordon was. I, I knew he was good or knew he was supposed to be good, but I mean I think uh you know, him at that match, even like a year later, like he's a completely different, you know, mm. person. I think this is when he first like really started to go to the city. Yep. And start to train with John. Um, so it was it was, you know, definitely
0: It was a good know, match. It, it was still a good match, you can see. Yeah, it was a
1: competitive match, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know. It was like I mean at the time I was round. like, Fuck, man, who the fuck? <laughs> like I fucking suck.
0: I uh, a bill, but then though. like
1: in hindsight it you know, it yeah it doesn't make me look too bad. Um
0: it was like three threes, and you could see you working your reverse Elohiva game and and bits like part of your obviously you're a totally different animal nowadays too, like yeah um it's interesting to see there's a lot of probably these matches that have happened before guys sort of blew up um that people don't know about you know that probably people don't realize that you did you guys did you when you started training with Gordon did you guys realize you'd gone against each other or it was kind of
1: uh well i I mean ever since that match, I I knew who he was. Um, um, yeah, I started following him on social media and, uh, I, when I started going to the city, it was probably like, I started going probably right after I got my black belt, like, you know, once a month or once every two weeks. So it was probably a little bit before I trained with him. Yeah. I would go Mondays and it would be freaking packed there. As you guys know, Mm. you know, like 70 people in the room. So, and, uh, this is this is like just as things were starting to kind of like materialize over there, so, and then like you know I trained with him a few times, you know we had pretty good matches, uh, and you know that's when I started
0: really training with him when I, when I would go you there. Know, um, you know, you know still to this day when asked in 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 podcasts and interviews and they say look tell us who's who's the guy at henzo's he says your name every time you're the guy he says yeah. around he still says it like he's he's obviously got a lot of respect for you which is yeah. you know, cool considering he's the he's for you know general consensus probably best grappler in the world and he knows grappling very well and you're you're at the top of his list so that's a that's a big feather in your cap you know again you don't, you don't really use that to your advantage, but you know, yeah, I mean, I have it's, it's I, definitely I have cool on, on my Instagram.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely cool. Um, you know, I would definitely want to convert that to, he's one of the best competitors in the world, you know, and, and have the competition results to back that up. But it definitely, you know, it's, it's like, cause I I feel like I, um, know how good I am in, You know, respect to a lot of the other guys at the top of my weight class, and um, just training with different people. You know, I definitely know where I'm at. Um, It's nice to hear someone you know at the top of the game say that, but at the same time, I want to be able to you know convert uh, my skill level to success against people that level in competition.
0: Right. So you nearly look at it. Sorry, Nick. I'm going to come to you in a second. I don't want to think like we left you on the on the lounge there. Just. We're not, we're, not, we're not leaving you out. Um, you, you nearly look at it nearly like – it's not meant as a backhander, but you take it more like, yeah, that's all well and good, but I would ro- like to be known as much for what I put down in competition. That's what yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I don't want to be the, the guy who's really good in the gym yep. and you know hasn't won anything,
0: Just which I kind of feel belt. like
1: – not that I ha- haven't won any matches, but yeah, I feel like my ability in the gym – or what I can do in the gym is is not uh, reflect what I've done in competition.
0: What what, what since we're going down that path? What is it? I mean, if you look at your competition record, you you, you nearly never lose. If you lose, it's by, by either referee's decision or a um, points. It's never. I mean, I I don't know the last time you were submitted in competition. I, that would probably have to be a fair while back. I mean, since you yeah, I got, last
1: time I got submitted was PJ Barch, probably three years ago.
0: Um Yeah. What was that? Was that that wasn't Kasai, was it? No. That was uh
1: that, no, that was, uh, it was like Sapatero. Uh that was uh like two thousand like that was I don't know what maybe it was May twenty seventeen, something like that. Um
0: you I don't know back, did you come back and beat him? I know Nick beat PJ. I'm sure. Did, was that, am I right or did I get that back? Uh,
2: I had a badge with him, but uh, I lost him in overtime riding time.
0: Who had him a Kasai? Who beat who, I had him a Kasai, Kasai, yeah. Did you beat him Kasai? Yeah. You beat him Kasai. Okay, I'm getting, I'm getting confused. I, I did was see. Match by the way.
2: You got to watch that, Luke. If you haven't seen that in a while. Oh, I've,
0: I've seen. You yeah, haven't seen it in a while, but I might go back. I've watched all the Jays. I think I watched that. I watched that live. But um, that was um. That was right I
1: before I came to Australia. Maybe like a few weeks before. And
0: um, then you nearly died. But we can talk about that. Yeah. We're going to get off. We're going to get off topic. But um, what what I'm trying to say is, you know. You're you're definitely like if if I looked at your competition record, you you're competing only really against really good guys and and doing very well. Why is it that people still seem to think that when they say Jason Round, they say best guy that never has quite done that yet? Like, what is it? Why do, why are people thinking? I mean, you've still done plenty. Like, do you feel like you've got to you've got to win the trials? or You've got to win a medal at eighties. Like, what is it you've got to do to for people to kind of switch for that mode? You uh, know what I'm saying? I
1: mean, I I mean this is. I mean, I'm sure
0: the people i face
1: faced don't feel this way, but I feel like everybody I've lost to, I would say, I mean, even for the past, like, three or four years, I feel like I am better than. Yep. Um, um, even, like, you know, probably one of my worst matches was against, like, Canuto. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, that was, score-wise, it was one-sided. Like, I didn't really do anything, but I, and... To, I guess take this with a grain of salt. Um but I, I feel like I have better jujitsu than he does. Um, yeah, so do
0: I, yeah. Uh, I a little bias, but yeah, I totally agree.
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm sure everyone he trains with and most people listening to this would disagree with you. Or disagree. I'm sorry, disagree with yeah, disagree with you, disagree with me, and that's totally fine. Um but I truly feel guys. that and and uh I feel like I am better than the people that I'm losing to. So, you know, in that sense of not performing to your ability, I think that kind of, kind of says it right there. Like if, so, if you're losing to people who you're better than, there's definitely something that needs yeah. to that needs some type of correcting, I, I guess.
0: But is it? I mean, you seem to have, you know, you you don't get overwhelmed by matches. You go out there and what is it? What is it that's the block then? Like, is it is it just not playing the rules right? Like, what, what is it that's you know? What I think that's you, part of it. What, I what think gets not you playing, to the next not, level.
1: Not not playing the rules correctly, um, maybe coming. out, I mean, you said this to me a few times, Nick. Like coming out like a little too relaxed sometimes. Like I, yep. I definitely don't feel, mm-hmm. um, like I. You like never I think see some people, urgent.
0: You never see urgent. Yeah, is yeah. I think like, some people I'll, get like too urgent
1: and get tired. I, I never yep. feel that way, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, when, yeah, I think, I think. Say, go ahead. I
2: feel like you wait for people to come into you a lot during. Yeah, battles, but. I mean, in practice, you're just coming at me nonstop for for an hour yeah. straight. Yeah. Like I a little bit too counter counterattack too much. A little bit.
1: Yeah.
0: I- you know what I like in it too, Nick. I think what you're what you're saying there is exactly right. Jason Rao is like a wood chipper, one of those huge fucking industrial ones that they put like big trees into. And if you go anywhere <laughs> near any that thing, it's going to suck you in and fucking like put you <laughs> into pulp. And and you know, in tra- and I often think about this in training we generally engage with each other because you know training people are less worried about losing then you get to a tournament especially certain certain types of guys they don't go near the wood chipper and they can work out if i stay away from it i can work out a way to survive this is their number one thing and then somehow just game the fucking game it just to get their their advantage or their win or whatever and that's it and i suppose that's the thing isn't it is like you're you're such a fucking wood chipper and i think that's the perfect analogy that people don't wrestle with you the same way they would with somebody else is that is that fair to say nick do you think when we're talking about jay like
2: yeah i mean in, in matches no one really seems to get close to them they all play that like outside game mm. where they kind of jump around side to side and you never get a hold of someone and if you do it for a quarter of a second and they're pulling their legs out violently
0: mm. and i mean it's tough the- to that this also kind of used to happen to Eddie Cummings a bit, didn't it? Like, but Eddie would not Eddie wouldn't come out of his shell whatsoever. I mean, I think you I think Jay's like more so likely to come out of your shell than Eddie was. Like Eddie's like, you know, unless you wander in close, he's not going to do do anything kind of thing. Um I wonder if that's that involution and, and I'm not even giving advice here. I'm just saying like I'm just talking, you know, like I wonder if that's that next thing where if you grab hold of guys and they can't get away. I think everyone's fucked. Like I, I don't see people surviving matches unless they game yeah. it like um, is this the like for you is it a like it doesn't seem to me it's a technical thing it must just be a how you approach you know the the actual match
1: yeah I think that's part of it yeah I mean definitely I mean I always feel as if I could be more aggressive in pretty much all of my matches um, but at the same time I feel you know, it's, it's a little bit of a two-way street. I mean, in, in, especially in Nogi, you have one guy generally on bottom, one guy on top. I mean, the guy on bottom is on his butt or on his back, and he's in a completely unathletic position. And if the person on top is not really engaging, I mean, it's very hard to, you know, get someone to come into you. Like yeah. someone like Gordon or, Nogi, Green, yeah. or Nikki Ryan are, are excellent at, at forcing engagement. I mean, they're like hyper, hyper-aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then you mentioned like Eddie or J or, or even JC, like, yep. I, JC mean, I feel like, near. I mean, they're like both so dangerous. It's like, you, <laughs> you just know, can't go near them. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, especially, I mean, I think i have seen a little bit of, I mean, in, in any of the matches JC has lost in the past, whatever, two years, no, no one's hit a single move on him the entire yeah. time, you know, but it's like, it's like you can't get a hold of someone. It's like you want to handcuff the person to him or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, And same same with Eddie, obviously. I mean, even when Eddie faced Canuto, whatever that was, Kasai. Oh,
0: it was horrible. We were there it?
1: for that, Nick. Um, horrible. I mean, it was horrible. I mean, you could definitely say it's a two-way street. Eddie did not come out of his shell, but Canuto also really didn't didn't do that much. I mean, what, you, what, what was he trying to get Eddie to come up on a single leg or something?
0: Yeah. Which no, but everyone, but the way It's I see not it, going to happen. This is the way I see it, Jay. Like, if the guy if one guy's on his on his back and the other guy's on top, the guy on top you would have to say his goal is to pass the guard and try and move through, you know, a set of pins. Yeah. If he's refusing to do that and the guy on bottom's trying to come near him, well clearly there's one person that's been the aggressor even if he's on his back, like the guy yeah. on the bottom's been the aggressor. I mean, what do you think about I think what could f- not fix because I don't I think submission grappling's fine, but I think what could make it maybe more appealing to people and definitely cause more finishes is if we had really strict stalling calls, kind of like wrestling does, you know, in wrestling, like if you take a backward step, they give you a, and then before you know it, you're disqualified. I mean, Nick, you, you did wrestling is, yeah. do you think that could work in jujitsu? Like, obviously you'd have to have referees that were very good at understanding what they're looking yeah. at, but cause, you know, cause you
2: can stall on both bottom position and top position. Yeah. So, I mean, it can be complicated at times, but I do think implementing stalling rules can definitely help.
0: Yeah, um, yeah,
2: they I agree. They put people on thirty-second shot clocks, and if they don't score in those thirty seconds, then the other guy gets a point. Which
0: where, where do they do that, Nick?
2: Uh, international wrestling.
0: Oh, okay, that's wrestling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's interesting. But uh, I look forward to. I mean, what what are your what are your sights set on, Jay? Like, once we come out of fucking hibernation here, have you got? Is it ADCC finals next year? Is that like? Is that still the goal? Is that what? What are we? What are we looking at? Or just uh, everything aside? Well,
1: well, the trials are in November here, so I think. Well, Nick has the Polaris. Whenever they, yeah, I want to talk to Nick that.
0: about that next. Yeah,
1: but uh I think. From I mean, aside from that, you know, we uh, getting him ready for that. We. You know, we both want to win the trials this year, mm. uh, whether, whether it's the East or West Coast. I think that's the, kind of one of the main goals for sure.
0: I mean, your performance at the, the trials last last year and the year before was by all means very, very good. I mean, that the, the East Coast trials, you ran through everybody. And then, I mean, if we're being honest, it was just probably a, a game plan thing with Sativa where he played a, you know, a very... A, a winning strategy, I suppose, is the is the yeah. the, the way to put it down. Definitely, to is, uh, it really the same way that Mateus did against um against Craig in the in the final. It was very much the same smart yeah. gameplay you would expect out of Marcelos. They're they're good at you know getting towards that W. Um, take from that what you will, but you know that was that was definitely you know again you just said like I'd say you're a much better grappler than Sativa, um, and then just the I suppose the fuck up with um with Tackett, like. But other than that, like you dominated the trials. I mean, you'd have to be another guy that's going to cause some damage in there. Um, hopefully you two don't come across each other. That's only going to be the only problem, isn't it? Like, do you think one if one's doing the trials or will you both try and jump into the other end of the brackets? Like, have you talked about? Well, you know, I think. You uh, well, you can go, Nick.
2: Well, I mean, I think I'm I'm planning on doing seventy-seven.
0: Oh, of course, uh,
2: I don't yeah. Know if Jason's gonna. A weight class above because then I was getting a little
0: bit bigger. Thick but, um, boy, thick boy with the, C, with the C's, <laughs> three C's. That's an American thing, y'all. Yeah, I think I'm. I think
1: I'm going to do 88. Um, ah, something like there that. There
0: we go. There we go. So um, we might have to. Uh, I'll have to get you some storage, Jason, because we're going to have to get you much yeah. bigger, mate. Also, well, I mean,
1: we could even, you know, I, I, obviously depending how, um. It goes, you know, if I win eighty-eight or whatever, and you know, one of, and then Shot for the second trials, if one of us, if one of us wins, like the other person can go wherever yeah. they think yeah. is easier. Assuming we both don't win the first trials, you know, there's yeah. definitely, um, I think 99 plus is the way to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I know that
0: sounds crazy. That sounds crazy, but that's kind of like the the is, it, is that that's like yeah. where there's there's less traffic, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's madness no you're right mate it's only um what is it 8 a.m 9 a.m it's um it's currently what is it here at the moment it's midnight i think oh, it's eleven sixteen actually i've got um my sleep I've got a is all boy. fucked up with this whole thing not not, not not i'm sorry i
1: don't want to say it's fucked up i'm sleeping well but like just the times are like shifted so i don't have to wake up as early there's no reason to go to bed as early so yeah. everything's like shifted a few hours
0: We'll come back to sleep in a sec. I want to talk to you about sleep because I see your whoop strap. I got mine on here as well. I want to. I want to talk about that and see what people think. But I want to um, yeah, crikey, whoop power. Um, let me, I'm I, sorry. Let
1: me make another coffee. I'll be back in. in yeah, well, I'm going to Nick about under under two minutes.
0: Go for it. Mate. Um, Nick Ronan, the, the Polaris qualifies. I wanted to talk about that because that was that was beautiful. I mean, Polaris is, you know, probably top. What are we talking, top three promotions as far as what's around now? Um, man, you you murdered your way through that. That Was that an absolute – that looked like an absolute division?
2: Yeah, yeah. It was a 32-man absolute for – and it was only brown and black belts. Yeah. Pretty much like some of the best guys in Europe attended. Yeah. It was pretty good event.
0: Yeah. And you so, – so 32 men's. I find, you know – a lot of guys can win super matches here and there because you've just got to concentrate on one match, just one opponent, you can game plan. I find a big tournament like that, like that's is that 5 or 4 to win? How many how many do you have to um,
2: win? So I actually had 4 because there's a last minute drop out.
0: Okay. But but effectively you're preparing to have to win 5 5 matches, yeah. right? That's a lot that's a lot of focus. Did you have you did you draw an experience kind of from coming through doing tournament style nagas or whatever or wrestling in high school Is, did that help you coming into that
2: i would say wrestling in high school would probably help the most because you're just yeah. there tournaments all day you could have five six matches in a day mm-hmm. and that's always super helpful but in jiu-jitsu every match was 10 minutes so it was a, it was a long day i mean you didn't 40, have many
0: 10 minute matches but
2: no i didn't but <laughs> that yeah. was the plan was to get out early and be yeah. fresh with finals <laughs>
0: and it looked at I think you had did you have one overtime from what I saw was that right
2: um no I, I had no overtime I submitted oh, everyone I submitted everyone but two guys So I submitted two guys one guy one on points oh and then no I submitted everyone but one and then the finals I submitted them with a really naked choke.
0: um yeah that guy that you had in the final I mean it looked like he was doing well against other guys he had some leg locks mm-hmm. in his game and a few other things um, but you just looked another level, which I totally expected to be. He
2: was because, really good. He was yeah. like um, a prodigy of uh, Ross Nichols. Okay. I yep. think he was, his, he was under Ross. He was really good. He was leg people arm barn. Um, and he he knew the, the points game really well, which made me a little nervous because I don't have that much experience. In yeah. that. But um, I was able to submit him in the finals. So it yeah, all worked not- out.
0: Nice back strangle because you you like to attack the back maybe a little differently to how some of the other Danaher guys do where, where a lot of the guys work the straight jacket system of trapping with the legs. You like to sort of what I call like cycle strangle hands where you attack. Is that fair to say? You like to attack with, you know, right and left strangles. I find, I find that maybe the most difficult guy to deal with on the back is a guy who's, who cycles strangle hands rather than a guy who's just working an under and a control. Um, did that work well for you in that tournament?
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, I was just constantly punching through um, yeah. the hands and switching between cranking into strangles as well as elbow posting, slip mm-hmm. the hand through, and then pummeling with both hands. Oh, he usually gets a breakthrough. It's pretty hard to deal with strangles coming from both ways so yeah
0: yeah and do you find um i find that if i don't have a good lower body control strangling both sides it doesn't work as well because guys start to you know misalign their shoulders but i find you've got to have like a good lower. what did you do you hit body triangle because you got long legs do you hit body triangles and then go to work from there yeah.
2: i think that's one of the reasons why that way of uh, finishing on the back is so effective for me is because yeah. i can like really tight body triangles and it's hard for people to move their hips um and then, then I have an ability to, to pummel both hands in. So yeah, so getting a strong lower body control is definitely key to that move.
0: Yeah, I've got a I've got a guy, you guys know him, Ethan Thomas, one of my training partners. He's a black belt and he's um he's very good. Yeah, very good, very strong, very athletic, and he's he's improved his back attack game out mm-hmm. of sight in about the last six months with all the training with me, which is all coming back from from Jay Rao. And um you know, he's switched to doing that when he gets my back now and I fucking hate it. Like, I hate it I don't, and, I, and I don't deal with it well and, you know, it's, it's driving me insane, that switching of strangle hands. And I've talked to Jason about it and he said he said it's something you do and, you know, you get a lot of good success with it. So, I mean, there might be something that's worth putting more time into. I think a lot of people really went at trapping the arms because it, it is so effective, obviously, but I think it's easy to forget that doubling up with that strangle is a nightmare to deal with.
2: Yeah, you can relax in, in there when you, when someone has your back or it's going to be over. So it definitely keeps you on your toes and someone's on both hands like that.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you turn your head one way to deal with the, you know, you, you have a string, your string defensive hand up, you turn your head one way to deal with that. And then the second one feeds through and it's, you sort of start to think to yourself, well, which one, which one's more of an issue here? And they've only got a slide under your chin and then things are bad, which is obviously what you did in that, in that tournament. Yeah. Um, did you hit any? I mean, I know you like to you like to hit that forward step in like a top passing position, kind of like Frank Rosenthal uh, does as well. Did you hit any of those entries in that in that in that tournament? Or?
2: No, I played mostly from bottom because mm-hmm. that was much bigger than me for the most yep. part. Um, so I, I was hitting more leg lock entries. Nothing really from top except passing, um, yep. and a lot of it was counter leg locks too. Because because a lot of people were confident getting into the leg locking position so it was easier to counter
0: <clears throat> yeah that's and that's interesting because th- as we just talked about before one of the hardest things is getting people to engage and play with you if you get someone who just doesn't want to engage most of your time is spent trying to get them to engage so you can get into an ashi grammy that's going to work and break them if you've got people trying to attack your legs well they're doing that work for you assuming mm-hmm. your defense is good then you just go to work and you know i found that last time i trained with you guys nearly going for your own attacks is going to get you in more trouble because you know you guys are welcoming that attack so then you can counter that um just recently i've kind of improved my um, leg lock defense i spent a fair bit of time with jay talking about heel slipping and and that takes a long time to get that level of comfort where you're where you actually like someone engaging and i mean not not someone who's who's a spastic someone who's actually good you like them engaging and then you can counter um i see that's something that a lot of the guys you know that you train with and and obviously yourselves yourselves do what's some tips for maybe people listening who aren't at that level where they're feeling all that confident what's like some other than putting yourself there in the training room what's some tips technically that they can put into play there to maybe work on their ability to not get immediately hooked so they can then counter? you know maybe if you go first nick and then jay can give us some
2: yeah i would just work through the positions more i mean you got to be comfortable getting into the positions and just having a set of, like, a, a plan every time you get into each position. Just, just a couple things to do. Um, also, let people grab your heel. And, and really understand the slip so you get more and more comfortable there. Because if not, then you're going to panic tap. And there's always a little bit of room to slip, usually. So have a plan in each position and, and, and learn the slip. Because those two things will save you. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: What about you, Dragon?
1: Fuck Frank!
0: <laughs> I'm putting an end to that shitty nickname, mate. It's 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 gone. It's 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 done.
1: It's over. Man, that's if not a bad. If I kill Frank,
0: if I kill, well, Frank, I if think kill Frank, if you kill Frank, I'll happily drop it. If you kill Frank Rosenthal, it's
1: worth it. Um. <laughs> uh, so in terms of gaining confidence, uh, defending leg locks. I mean, I think what Nick said is pretty spot on. Um, I think, yeah, I guess it depends on how deep in the game you are, but I think a lot of people tap before they, they really need to, um, you know, when me and Nick train, like, I mean, it's not uncommon that we'll get each other's heels, but it's like extremely rare that we'll tap each other with leg locks. Um, know, I think, I think, I mean, I think in general, that's, that's, that applies to almost all submissions, but you, know, you have a lot more room to work than you think you do. Yeah, um, this the difference between catching someone's heel and catching someone's heel to the point where they can't slip is a pretty big difference. And I think um, I think that's where like kind of this true skill in applying the leg locks. I don't want to say the true skill. I mean, there's obviously a lot of skill everywhere else, but you know, really being able to like properly catch the heel where um, it becomes difficult to slip and being able to deal with somebody slipping and, and how to adjust based on that. I, th- I think, I think not, t- not tapping when you think you need to, obviously you need trusted training partners to do that. You don't, yeah. you don't want to yeah. trying to heal slip when someone's ripping on your leg, but um, I think you have a lot more time to work than you think
0: you do. Yeah. Um, Yes, it's definitely a tricky, a tricky part of the game, and I think the probably hard thing for a lot of people, if they're not coming out of an academy where there is a lot of people who are actually putting together decent leg locks, because as you guys know, and you know, I'd like to think I know as well, there's a there's a different there's different levels to this stuff, you know, and you know, some academies have every academy's got their leg lock guy. But if you're being honest, he might be total. He might be total tra- trash, as you Americans say. Trash. He might be he might be total trash on the on the scale of good leg locking. But in their gym, he's he's the guy. Maybe they're like, oh, I can defend his leg locks, and they go with someone who's a proper leg locker, and then just get fucking murdered. You know, it's. I think that's tricky for people too, and that's why in tournaments, I think people come up against Nick Roner or Jason Rao or you know a guy who can leg lock well, and they just get this shock like the fuck's this? I haven't experienced this. Well, how did that guy just, and I mean, you guys have done that to people in tournaments before as well, that, that different level of, you know, it's hard for people to, to get to the defensive level they need to, if they're not getting shown those, those looks in the training room too. Um, You know, that's a tricky thing. People keep, people keep asking, they keep talking like leg locks was, that was the meta game. um, And people keep asking what's, what's that next you know, what's that next meta? And then I hear a lot of the Henzo guys kind of talk about that scrimmage wrestling, you know, coming up from bottom position. What do you guys, I mean, I'll go first with you, Jay. What do you see, um, I know we've talked about this sort of stuff before, but what do you see is what's that next, what's that next thing that hasn't come out yet? If you don't want to give up anything, you don't have to, you don't have to give up any secrets here. But what's, you know, no. what do you see is that next meta of where, where, where we're going with submission grappling?
1: Um, I definitely uh, agree with that. Um, the the kind of seamless transition between uh you know standing technique and ground technique and mixing the two together I think uh you b- look at this last ADCC. um well uh I'll preface this by saying assuming that's gonna be the dominant rule set the adCC rules I think that's the um, that's gonna be kind of the the new meta and the new trend uh you know unless the who Whether it's ADCC or or some other rule set comes out that's more favorable to other things. But for ADCC, I think that's that's the current trend, and it's going to continue going that way. I mean, if you look at um, the way people scored from bottom, it was almost – I mean, I I can't even think of an instance where it was a conventional sweep Mm -hmm. and the person came on top. It it was pretty much always – like coming up into some type of wrestling position and putting the person down or taking their back when they, when they defended the takedown. I mean, that seems to to be where the current trend is. And I think it's just going to continue to develop.
0: So that's something we, we should be putting more time into. Yeah. Unfortunately, Luke. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to delete, I'm just going to delete this bit out of there. So people just, we're going to start now and we'll be back on. No, I'm joking. Um, Nick Ryan, what do you got for us? Is it, is it that same direction or?
2: Yeah, I think people are going to start using bottom position to wrestle more, and I think the top people have to counter that. So I do think we're going to see more body lock passing to defend um, leg locks in the future. Like I don't think I think they're being underutilized right now. So I think mm-hmm. we're going to see more body lock passing, especially when you see Meow and Gordon use it so efficiently. Um, I think that's going to be a big trend. But yeah, definitely wrestling up from bottom is uh, it's necessary. Yeah.
0: That's that's interesting saying like tight passing because I find you know as a guard player who's who's a very um very poor version of what you guys are doing um I find if anyone passes me down low on their knees, I'd prefer that. I find like the most difficult guy to deal with is a good standing guy who can pummel through your leg attacks, you know, for the type of guard that we're playing. Um, I find if if anyone tries to come down on their knees, they're basically just cannon fodder, like if they're just passing old school on their knees. But so do you think? Because the way Gordon, the reason Gordon can tight pass so well is because he defends so well through the you know the standing passing. A lot of guys don't have that ability to you know reverse V grip and step through and forward pummel and do all the things he does. I wonder whether these guys – like you got to have that part of your game ticked off to be able to even get into tight passing. Is that fair to say? Or like is there – because there's, there's no cheat code to get from the outside position into a tight passing position without getting fucking murdered by someone. Like if you wander in on one of you guys and I try to just get to a, a tight passing body lock position, I mean I've got to go through some shit to get to that. Is, you see what I'm saying there?
2: Yeah. I mean you could always just start on your knees though and that could um, nullify a lot of the leg locks right away which is something like Sateva is pretty good at, which makes it very hard for him to, to enter leg locks, I and mean, they just start on their knees pretty much. Instead of when you start on your feet, I mean, there's there's a lot more leg lock opportunities right away. Reverse Delaheva, all all that stuff. So, yeah. I, I mean, what good. Gordon's also really good at is going from standing position right to body lock. Yeah. Like,
1: that is
0: starting. Yeah. You be fucking murdered me with that. Yeah, it's horrible.
1: I, I think that's... uh that's like an important concept to be able to use like the side to side pressure and the standing passes to get to a tight passing position, Mm -hmm. you know, connecting the high and the low passes. I think, I think you look at someone like, uh, obviously Gordon or even JT Torres does that really well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think all the best guys do that. Meows do that. Well, you know, I mean, it's going to be so hard to, you know, outside pass someone with a good guard. Yeah. But if you see like the outside passing using that to get tight. Yep. And, uh, and and you know, get to a better passing position on
0: someone. Gordon tends to force a lot of half guard situations. You know, he talks about it a lot and I felt it a lot with him where, you know, all the guard play in the open was him coming in and then forcing that heavy yeah. half guard and it just felt like there was a, a ton of bricks down on top of me. Um, do you think that's something Nick, like you were saying with the with the body lock passing, are you trying to get, are you trying to force into that half guard and then pass with you know our more traditional cross faces and mounting and yeah, like just I mean, get into goal, that zone.
2: Usually, the goal of body lock passing is to get into a half guard position. Yeah, yeah, uh, and then and then go from there. Yeah, because the body lock just a start. Um, but yeah, if you can if you can force half guard on someone, I mean, you're gonna have a high chance of passing them usually.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, very very interesting but um, you know, it'll be interesting to see where, where it continues to go because the evolution is just so so fucking fast at the moment things are moving so quick like you look at a grappler you look at like a good submission grappler now compared to 10 years ago and it's just a different thing like it wouldn't even be a fair match if you put these guys together with each other it's a totally different thing it's exciting and and I mean something that I'm excited to see is seeing the sort of stuff that we're doing Incorporated into mixed martial arts. That's what I think is exciting because yeah, you know, cool. the reason the reason we all even started doing jiu jitsu is because we saw MMA and we're like, oh, that's for these are kind of cool guys are punching each other in the face and then you're like, oh, the ground stuff they're doing, you can just practice that. You don't have to get brain damage. And then we kind of <laughs> keep going. You know, that's that's the basic thing that generally attracts us to jiu jitsu. Um, I mean, do you guys? You guys have obviously a, a lot of MMA influence on you because of um, all the. You guys have got all you got, Ally Quinn, and you got Aljamain Sterling, you got uh, Marab Davishvelli, you've got, you know, obviously um, Marab, the crazy, crazy motherfucker. You guys have got you guys <laughs> got Chris Weidman. You've got all those guys. Yeah. Do, you, do you guys spend much time – I mean, you're so immersed in submission grappling, but do you spend much time thinking how you could help them start to win more MMA matches by submission? Because you don't see it as much anymore. You see a lot of – MMA is kind of just kickboxing at the moment with small gloves on. But I feel like there's going to be a resurgence um, – of submission fighting, um, but I think you've got to be very dynamic. And obviously, Gary Tonin is a, a guy I'm very excited to watch because he's got the game we're talking about, and he's doing—he's he's actually doing it. So that's going to be really interesting. But do you guys um, see a way? You know, if you—if you were to—if a—if an MMA guy comes to you and says like, oh, "I want to start winning by submission," have you got ideas on you know what guards you think and that sort of that sort of stuff? I
2: mean, the one thing that, that I really like is the thing that Khabib does, which is where he traps the wrist against the guy's body and then mm-hmm. ground and pounds and, and uh, goes to mount and all that stuff. But one thing with the, a lot of MMA fighters is you got to teach them how to control someone on the ground first before you go into submission because that's a whole other art. Um, once they kind of understand how to control someone, I mean, then there, there's a bunch of submissions that will open
0: up. Um, what do you think about the leg locking? Do you see it has a place? I think it does. Um,
2: I mean, Paul Harris kind of mm. proved it a little bit uh, mm. when he's ripping everyone's leg off. Um, it could be dangerous though because it opens up your face to uh, to strikes. Um, but I think I think if it's if it's done right, it's done with control. I, I think you can submit people for sure in MMA with it. Mm.
0: I mean, I believe a lot of the, the certain Ashigurami positions where they, they physically can't punch you. Like, even a good inside Senkaku, you know, it's actually quite difficult for a guy to punch you. And if he's just sitting there trying to punch you, you know, there's a good chance you're going to be exposed to heel. And, you know, I just – I kind of feel like there's there's positions that are not being used because the meta at the moment is keep boxing with maybe just pin the guy on top. But um, that's why I'm, I can't wait to see a wave of guys that are coming through doing the kind of grappling we're doing in mixed martial arts, like that's going to be what? What do you see, Jay? Like, if you got a guy who comes to you and says, I, "I want to be able to implement what you're doing in MMA," um, I think
1: uh, I think the most applicable aspect is is probably back control, attacking mm. from the back, like the whole yeah. arm trapping system, or just just in general being really good on the back um, that you see from a lot of submission grapplers nowadays. Because I think in MMA, it's not super uncommon to See someone get their back taken, Um, but there's not that many guys that are very, very good at finishing. Like you have a Damien Maya, Khabib, um, you know, who are very adept at finishing someone. But I think there's a lot more opportunity to improve a lot of the guys' skill set there with a with a I don't want to say minimal time investment, but without you know a ton of time invested in terms of in terms of the leg locking. I mean, I definitely think it it could be implemented effectively. You see someone like Ryan Hall, and that's why I'm kind of going to say that. Yeah, see him fighting because he's already put a lot of time into that. Mm-hmm. But, but I think taking someone who is not very skilled in that area and like the amount of time invested in yeah. in order to be good, good enough to apply leg locks to someone in that situation at a high level, I think is. I don't want to say it's not worth it, but it's almost like their time would probably be better spent in other areas. You know, mm-hmm. I, it's like I'd almost be curious for like someone like myself or someone like Nick if I had. I mean, I have no plans on fighting, but if I had other MMA skills, like I'd be curious if I could like just give my leg locking game to some guy who's already got other skills mm-hmm. and see how it would work.
0: Yeah, to like know. Ally Quinner, for instance. Yeah, he'd, exactly. He'd go I'll, for
1: it. I'll definitely. <laughs> yeah, I'll
0: he's a wall man.
1: Who's very interested in learning leg yes. locks, and he's put a good amount of time into it. And I would say he's he's probably better than them than ninety eight percent of people in MMA are right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think to to in order for that to work, you need to have like a big, uh, like skill advantage in that area over someone else. Like I don't I don't think it's enough to okay I'm, I'm you know ten percent better at striking this guy I can beat him. Like you would have to be like four times five times as good as him in that area to in order to be able to apply that from from bottom position you know i mean think about the amount of time it would take you to um you know work your standing up from bottom like making space and getting up like you could invest i don't want to say minimal amount of time but you can invest a certain amount of time and get i think fairly competent at that versus like the amount of time you'd have to invest to get competent mm. the equal competence in leg loft is. i don't think it's proportional well, yeah, what you're so,
0: saying is, is is the current meta is probably easier to upskill yourself to that position. But what I'm trying to think of is what if there was this revolution of, of something, you know? But what you're saying makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of, I mean, the three of us absolutely obsess about this every day. And, and to get a guy in MMA to be able to put that much into it, he's going to have holes in his striking or other parts of his game, his fitness or whatever. So, I mean, that's the thing. There's only so much you can work on, isn't there? But, I mean, Ryan Hall… Is a perfect example because guys don't want to fight him, and if he puts them on the ground, he's submitting people very, very quickly. Um, he's a very. Maybe the other thing is we take guys, we take guys like the accountant sitting here on the lounge, looking beautiful with his care comb to the side. Maybe we take him and, and we Nicely give him a. Uh, hair. We give him a uh, mohawk and we give him some tattoos and we give him a, a tap out t shirt and we make him tattoos. And we make him an MMA fighter. You know, you, you, maybe the the other way is yeah. to is to get a guy like that and and um you know teach him some striking and and go from there. Because th- the only issue with that is that a lot of the jiu-jitsu guys are kind of a little too smart for that. They don't want to get their brains beat out the side of their head. Um, you know, and I'm not saying say Gary Toner's not smart. He's a very you know he makes a lot of um you know good choices. But you've got to still be that kind of guy that wants to fight. Now a lot of us that do jiu-jitsu aren't willing to make that that um, sacrifice, you know, of, of, of our bodies, I suppose. Yeah. But maybe maybe that's the thing. You get a couple of these phenoms like Nick and other guys that transfer. I mean, in all seriousness, is that ever something you've considered, Nick, or is that just not even in your interest?
2: No, no, not yeah. really. I mean, I thought yeah. about it for a little bit when uh, I was helping Gary train mm-hmm. uh, a little bit, getting ready for his MMA fights. And John would put us through a bunch of techniques. And it's definitely interesting, but... Mm. I mean, the brain damage
1: is just yeah. So Grappling is cool. becoming so much more... Um, lucrative. Uh, I want to say lucrative, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's the right <laughs> word, but it's the wrong yeah. word. Yeah. But uh, it's becoming like a viable career choice. Yeah. You know? Um, what
0: yeah. gets your head beating?
1: I mean, I'd be curious. Um, this is by no means a challenge to anybody listening, but I would, I would be curious to do like sparring rounds with, Like myself or Nick or someone like us on bottom, like working leg locks with punches. You know, I think that would be just an interesting experiment um, just to see. I mean, and again, this is, you know, not from really much personal experience. I mean, I've done that like a little bit with some of the guys, some of our fighters. I mean, they were by no means trying to beat my face in by any means, but I feel like – there's definitely some ways you could avoid strikes, and you know start to get your leg attacks off, especially with the new K guard stuff. You're kind of hiding your face pretty well. Um, Is that the one dog, He made it, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think uh, I mean, if you're on if you're in bottom position, I mean, what's the safest position you could think of to to not get hit? I mean, maybe like a closed guard with like some type of clinch, maybe underhook half guard with your head buried in the hip or some type of leg entanglement. I mean, there's not that many safe positions, you know, where you're not going to be getting punched Well, anytime your
0: feet are on their hips, they can't punch you. Anytime their feet are yeah. on their hips. I mean, I really think a I
1: would say, I want to say it's safe, but it's safer than just being freaking a knee shield, I think. So, hmm.
0: Okay, so basically, you know, when I cut this in, in, in post-production, Jason Rouse calling the entire – um, MMA USC, community out. A, a UFC roster out, and he says that in a challenge match, he could beat any of them and would leg lock everybody. That's, that's <laughs> kind of the problem. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Although I got to say, when rolling with Chris, like with um, yeah, in, in those positions when going for them, like I just think about how much he would be punching me yeah. <laughs> in all those positions.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's a...
1: And it's kind of scary... You like-
0: you want to talk about thick, Chris Weidman. He's thick. He's a big boy. He's a, yeah, he's a big dude. Know, especially when he was going up to um, – when he went up to light heavyweight, and, and uh, I got some training with him. And, you know, he's a big, strong boy. I don't know if people realize how big, like, because he fights a middleweight. So people think, oh, it's an 84 kilo guy. Or well, in American, that's probably like some obscure reference to some old measurements tool that you guys have. But 84 kilograms for everyone else in the world is, you know, not the biggest guy in the world. But then Chris Wyburn's like a legitimate 105 kilos. You know, he's a fucking. Absolute well, you got to
1: remember, a 185 or, or 84 kilos in MMA is is really 205 the day of the fight and walking around at 225. Yeah. You know, I feel like your MMA weight class is really probably 30 to 40 pounds lighter than your
0: actual walk around around weight. weight. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um,
1: I mean, you look at, I think Nick, I think Nick could fight at like 145 in, in MMA, you know? I mean, he'd be a massive 145
0: pounder. That's Ryan Hall. So what you're saying is Nick Ronan could beat Ryan Hall in a uh, MMA fight this no one. No training right now. I think I think <laughs> I'd give it to Nick. <laughs> this is how this is how people like do their social media um these social media um oh. news sites they just it, like sensationalize everything. Um I wanted to talk what time actually? What time did you say you have a hard out, Jay? At a time?
1: Did yeah. You, so Yvonne Ivan teaches a Pilates Zoom class at ten. So like fifteen minutes. So yep. I think yeah, once cool. she starts that, it's just going to be too loud. I don't think. uh mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you'll be able to really hear me.
0: Um, I wanted to talk about this because it's it's a big part of professional grappling that I still think. A lot of the guys are not really taking that professional. And that's the recovery side of things. You know, when I talk about, um, you know, pre training, post training, sleep, nutrition, um, I've talked, like Jay and I have talked about this plenty. Um, I'll start with you, Nick. Are, are you doing any of these things or considering any of these things? Or is it just like most Jiu guys where it's I obsess about some techniques, I train like a fucking madman, but the rest of it I just kind of like act like a 15 year old? <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: not the best I'm not the best with watching what I eat I kind of I kind of just go a little bit crazy in that section and then just train like crazy and just, and just hope it doesn't affect me
0: <laughs> oh, that's, that's, a, that's a solid game plan that's good That's, that's a plan.
2: Forever, it's not going to last forever so I probably have to start making a switch pretty soon
0: how old are you this year Nick? 24 24, you're just a little baby still. I mean that with all due respect, too. It's just that Jason and I are becoming old men now. Um, the big 3-0. I'm, I'm, I'm oh, slight, slightly older. Yeah, you're Having 30 a now. Mid-life you? crisis. Yeah. That means you're going to die at the 60s. What about one of my white belts the other day? So I turned 35 um, last month, and one of my white belts, 16-year-old little fucking assholes, he says to me, Oh, happy birthday. How old are you? And I said, 35. He said, Oh, so you're halfway to dying. I'm like, You fucking <laughs> asshole. And I hadn't actually, thought, hadn't actually thought about it I'm fucking oh. chronic smoker, you little fuck. I thought, maybe, I thought Fuck, you know, he, like this 15 year old kid that knows nothing other than Call of Duty made me question, Am I going to die at, th- uh, at 70 years old? Hopefully not. I feel like I'll crack A. i will crack I mean, that would, cool be, me, so.
1: that, would be, that would be an unlucky, you know, age. You're, you're, so. You got to at least seventy-five, Luke. Come on.
0: I would think so. I mean, who knows? Yeah, I, I
1: mean, I mean, what's the average life expectancy? Probably like eighty now, right?
0: And that's most people that don't look after themselves. I,
1: I think mean, most people that are that are over eighty-five probably just want to die anyway. You know. <laughs> No.
0: <laughs> now i think we've sorted that out we've got this coronavirus they've just got to go out and wander around for a bit i don't know <laughs>
1: that's,
0: all it takes. that's what this is is a boomer you Go to the virus, grocery you know?
1: store without a mask
0: <laughs> look i'm telling you i've seen more boomers out and about and for those listening that don't know what boomers is i learned this from the same 16 year old boomer is something the young people call basically anyone older than them nick Ryan, and you know about boomers right is that is that like is that like a saying or was that the generation before you calling people boomers no yeah i've
2: heard of it i've heard of it yeah
0: yeah so like because there was the baby boomer generation but then it's now being extended to basically anyone
1: over 23 is a boomer now fucking bullshit
0: nick ron is a boomer um (laughs)
1: like boomer motherfucker like (laughs) fuck you you little
0: kid (laughs) Yeah, this same kid called me a boomer i'm I'm like i feel like i'm 15 yeah that's right um this is a boomer disease, but the boomers are the ones that are. Every time I go out, they're the ones walking the streets. That, it's like they don't give a fuck. They're, they're like, "Come at me, Corona." We're all sitting in our houses, and the boomers are like, "Yeah, you know, it's not going to get me." Is that the same thing over there?
1: Yeah, the kids don't fucking care, dude. We should round them up and just
0: fucking shoot them all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can cut what, that too.
0: You guys have got you guys have got guns. Remember, that's part of your Second Amendment. Hey, what about what about um? I love how Americans all have a good ride over anything. I don't know which fucking backward state it was, but they were riding over coronavirus. They were like the, out the front of one of the town halls or something. They're like fucking fuck Corona, fucking faggot Corona. Like
2: there's yeah. protests all over
0: <laughs> right now. It's
2: uh-huh. like thousands of people gathering to protest. Crazy,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and there and there's like a surge in any state that's having like huge protests is like a huge surge in cases. <laughs> <So I'm not
1: laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Maybe this, maybe this is just made to thin out the herd through the middle of the American states, you know? Because yeah. basically, you could you could nuke the middle and cl- just keep the outsides, right? People only really want New York and California. Is that fair to say?
1: <laughs> I mean, potentially, you guys- but then we'd end up
0: with Bernie Sanders in office, so that would. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's that's probably the downside
0: You guys are going to end up with Trump again That's what's happening All the rest are just ah, going to pull out You're going to end up with Trump And he's fantastic He's absolutely fantastic The little I know about American politics But I feel like I know enough to know that he's, he's wasn't, your,
1: wasn't there some scandal in Australia With like the Don't you guys get like a new prime minister Every every six
0: months or something like that Yeah they like just that? pick him out They get the shits and then they're like Yeah let's vote him out And they all vote him out And they just put the next one in We don't even. I didn't even know who the prime minister is Most of the time <laughs> but it's not really it doesn't really make any difference um yeah it doesn't really make any difference but anyway the recovery side of things is obviously nick you're saying that you're living like a 15 year old on call of duty and red bulls um what about you mr roward because we've uh, sorry sorry nick yeah.
2: like before competition like a month before competition i'll start eating healthy always like it was only like during the off season that i kind of like go to hell with myself a little bit but anytime competition is close, you know, I'm, I'm eating healthy, only drinking water, cutting back, eating right, uh, protein shakes, all that stuff. So,
0: so by They're the time
2: competition zone, like, uh, I'm, I'm healthy.
0: <laughs> I worry about what healthy is for Americans because I've been there a few times now. And, mm-hmm. um, I don't know that you guys know what healthy is. I'm not convinced. <laughs> I like most of your food is is fucking absolute rubbish. Um, this is like a this is like every Australian's conversation with Americans is where we get on this high this high high and mighty position about how good our food is. And I mean, you guys are sick of hearing us talk about it, but um, it seems to be like one of two directions in jiu-jitsu. It's like they're either completely steroid out of their fucking brains. Um, or they, or they're just like you know, like I said, Call of Duty and Red Bulls. But um, I just feel like it's getting to the point where it's becoming a professional thing. Um, if people could start to get all these other ducks in a row, it's got to give you an advantage. I mean, it's and and not just the um the nutrition side of things, but um, the recovery stuff. Like, are you doing are you doing anything pre pre training, Nick, or post training, or anything along the lines of that? To are you lifting? Are you doing anything like that?
2: Yeah, I just usually just try to get protein in right after yeah. I train um, to recover the muscles. Um, yeah, I mean besides that, I do a little lifting. I do workouts at home every day, but nothing too crazy.
0: Mm. Jay,
1: um, well, this ad is sponsored by Whoop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: so Luke, you you uh, got me onto this. You got this. Yeah. As yep. uh, a very nice gift for me and uh I definitely think i mean, I guess for people that don't know it's a it's a heart rate monitor uh you, you know you wear it all the time you wear it when you sleep and it tracks your heart rate throughout the day it tracks your workouts uh your sleep patterns and I definitely think since getting this, I've been able to make a few corrections in in uh my daily life and I, I feel as if my my sleep has been improved and mm. um that was something
0: that we realized with you, wasn't it that your you i don't know whether you had really realized it before but when you actually get when you get data that says you're sleeping terribly you go okay yeah. i can actually see it in front of me rather than like oh yeah, you know, yeah. i think i got some sleep last night
1: yeah so it, it's uh, actually interestingly enough since this whole covid mm. well i mean it could be because of my training but my recovery has been much better but also mm. my sleep like just my night's sleep has been better uh you know, my heart rate is more steady. I'm not like waking up as much. I'm kind of sleeping straight through the night, which is uh you know, hopefully I can translate that over to
0: real life. You know, when
1: when things go back to normal. But uh I think we're, for gonna, frame, this,
0: we're gonna frame that as a headline on flow grappling. Jason Rao wants COVID nineteen to stay so he can recover better. That's how it's gonna yeah. read on, on Flow Grappling.
1: <laughs> I feel like uh for this especially maybe one of the Best things as a, you know, as a grappler or competitor to to be able to use this for is um, to help you peak for a competition. So if you you know you wear this for a few months, you kind of get a general general um, idea for what part of your week you are at your your best. You know, I mean, most people who do this. I mean, my week is pretty much the same every week. You know, my training sessions at the same time every day. Um, depending on that particular day, you know, and, and kind of I have a certain point of my week where I'm feeling my best and I have a point in my week where I'm, I'm at my worst. So when you have a competition coming up if you could kind of uh, stage cycle it. Or, mm. or offset your week or stage mm-hmm. your week to make it so that you're peaking on yep. the particular day of the competition, I, I think that could be potentially very, very valuable. And, mm. you know, you're Definitely. kind of always like, oh, I feel good today. I don't feel good today. But it's nice to have numerical data to back that up and support.
0: Um, support how you're feeling. Uh, well, the way I look at it, right, like you, you hop in your car. So for you in the in the nice Volvo, and for Nick the the minivan, you don't have the minivan anymore, Nick. No,
1: no. it's uh, 2017, Nick.
0: <laughs> that thing was perfect for you. That was perfect for you. Yeah, I was sad. It was like a Kia minivan. What was it? Was it Kia?
2: It was a Honda. 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 Ah.
0: <laughs> ah, Honda Honda Odyssey. So as you can imagine, that is a panty dropper. I think that's the word. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. women love I,
2: like, Honda I Odysseys. Glasses when I glasses uh, when I drive, so i just like
0: a soccer mom driving it. A, you know. a soccer mom. A little bit they like, know you could tear their legs from their body.
1: Um, they don't you know, know how
0: dangerous he is. No. Um, you know, you don't get in your car and go, oh, I think there's some fuel in there. Oh, I feel like it, the motor's a bit hot or it needs a service. You know, there's a, there's a dashboard for all that. And I kind of likened that, like, our body is our our m- most important vehicle we have, yet we all just kind of guesswork with all this stuff. And I was like, when this thing came out, I was like, fuck, I'm going to definitely give that a go. And that's the way I've got to consider it. I look, at, I look at the app on my phone and I go, this is a dashboard for me. And over time, I've realized it's actually very accurate. Like, you know, when my recovery's in the shitter, I feel – and it's not the placebo. I could not have it on and then look at it later and, and, and go, look, I didn't feel at my best whatsoever today. And I'd look at my recovery and my heart rate variability would be low and probably didn't get the, you know, enough good sleep. Like It's it's obviously data that's useful. I don't know why more people aren't doing this because I, I think like what you're saying, Jay, if you, especially if you treat it right as an athlete, you could really have yourself you know, peaking and being at your best rather than going into a tournament, you know, where you're at 50%, you know, you might not, you might not even realize that you're just not going to your potential, let alone if you can stay on top of this stuff every day, you're going to be able to train harder for longer and have less injuries and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Like I'm not, I'm definitely not making this into a whoop, um, advertisement because I've no affiliation with them, but I don't care what you use, but it's something along the lines to kind of look at your body as a dashboard just makes perfect sense. Yeah, um, I agree. And I, um, think, I think sleep is the biggest thing and that's the thing probably that both both we, you know, Jason and I have talked about that I find is, that, is, the, is the thing that a lot of people, you know, barter with in their, in their training. It's like, ah, you know, I only got four hours but that's all right. Like people barter with their sleep but like I think once you realize how important that is, things start to improve.
2: Do you do you feel like that thing motivates you to uh, train harder to like get your get your heart rate up? Like it's uh, like it was up last week. You want it to be the same this week. So, uh, yeah. I I Good feel question. I
1: feel that way. Um, I mean, especially when like I mean, I'm stuck at home. I go on the rower every day or the elliptical. I, I I'm definitely. It's not like okay, I'm gonna go for thirty minutes. Like it's like I'm gonna go. So based on your recovery for the day, it has an optimal level of strain that. That's what it calls it like strain or stress on your body that you should go to. So, I usually try to go over that every day or at least hit that. So, whereas, you know, I would maybe if I didn't have it, I would think, oh, I got a good workout today. Yeah. Um, I feel good. Um, I kind of, I'm f- like forced to push myself a little bit. So, I mean, so I think in, in that sense, uh, yeah, it does make me, or if I'm doing a training session, I'll, I'll look at my strain. I'm like, oh, this, this, this session sucks. Like, I got to do a little bit more. You know, whereas you know, obviously, depending on if I was training with someone like you, it's obviously gonna you know go up higher. But if I'm training with you know, maybe I'm in the afternoon, I don't have the, you know best partners around. Don't want to insult anybody, but you know, name I may mean, maybe Jason, do eight name, rounds, name and, I'm like, and I, I'm like, oh shit, like I haven't worked out really worked that much, and like I'll do something else to get my heart rate up, or I'll do more rounds or do something with positional. Um, because I think I think jujitsu is. In some sense, it, it can be a little
0: deceiving
1: in how hard you're working. Just because you're so close to somebody, you always work up such a good sweat.
0: And, yeah, okay. You'll yeah. be
1: drenched, but maybe your heart rate is really yep. not that high. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, uh, I think efficiency plays into it. You know, if you're better than yep. the person you're training with, mm-hmm. you're going to maintain a lower heart rate just because. You know, the the, the goal of jujitsu is is efficiency. Like the goal of working out is is kind of like anti-efficiency you can't efficiently go on the row or you want to you know work your heart rate up and, and get a workout jiu-jitsu you want to be as efficient as possible to not have to work hard so it's kind of you know kind of opposite
2: i think the key to that is just to start wrestling more i <laughs> agree
1: dude
0: jason we're going to cut yeah. that out as well we'll, we'll cut Cut the, anything to do with rest. I'm going to just cut out just so you know where there's going <laughs> to be like no it remnants. over to
1: like uh butt scooting. I think the key is butt scooting more. Yes,
0: yeah, it'll be like my voice over Nick, and it'll be like, Yo, I think we should butt. It'll be like my voice, butt scoot more. I
1: think we should butt
0: scoot. <laughs> All right, I think I think I gotta go. She's about to start. We're gonna hear yelling soon. All right, fellas. Well, um, thanks for jumping on today. I appreciate it. It's always great to have you guys on board, and uh, we'll talk soon. Do you want to? Right. I I don't know. I know Nick's um semi sponsored by the uh the black man Maximus dummy. Um yeah. did you did you have any other sponsors, Nick, do you want to shout out?
2: It's just the Atlas brand.
0: Yep. Atlas. It's, it's, good it's, it's, Australian good. brand as well. Yep. Australian. Australian <laughs> Yeah man. What about you uh Mr. Rao? Uh
1: Atlas brand, yeah. And, uh Jiu-Jitsu. I think I actually think my instructional is gonna be coming out next week, which is good Beautiful. timing. So it Leg lock counters, defense.
0: We talked about that today. It'll be on there.
1: Yeah.
0: Everyone better jump on there and um, buy that shit up and all your other stuff as well. Yeah. These right, do, fellas, people. You guys are fantastic. We'll talk again soon. All right. Mm-hmm. Catch Thanks, you, gentlemen. Bye. Later, Nick.